1: 60 minutes of insight and analysis on the Volunteers and Titans. Powered by the OutKick Network. This is the Tennessee Power Hour with Jonathan Hutton and Chad Withrow.
2: Powered by OutKick and served up by Nelson's Greenbrier, Tennessee Whiskey. We welcome you to the Tennessee Power Hour alongside Chad Withrow. I'm Jonathan Hutton. And the Vols smash Missouri 66-24 and the Titans They know how to win. They refuse to quit. Winners over the Broncos, 17-10. to Chad, will hit the Titans coming up with a look ahead down the backstretch of their schedule. First, we start with the Tennessee Volunteers who don't just beat Missouri. It's a a mirror image of what we saw a year ago as far as the scoreboard is concerned.
3: Yeah, Eli Drinkwitz should probably stop running his mouth about the Tennessee program because he got 62 put on him at home a year ago and 66 this year – against a defense that came in ranked 13th nationally. Hutton, they dropped from 13th nationally to 34th nationally in one game after this Tennessee performance. That is an amazing drop when we are 10 games into a season. This is not week three where things can change quickly over a small sample size. 10 games into the season, they dropped from 13 to 34th after giving up over 700 yards in a school record to Tennessee. Uh, Josh Heupel wanted to send a message. This program wanted to send a message after playing, quite frankly, poorly against Georgia in a loss that was 27-13, but felt a lot worse than that. And they came back and they did that against a a really, you know, credit to Missouri. They've had a salty defense this year. They've been really good against the run. They've played aggressive. Blake Baker is going to be up for the Frank Broyles Award for assistant coach of the year, the defensive coordinator at Missouri. So Tennessee came out. They wanted to send a message, and, and boy, did they.
2: As always, when we talk the Tennessee Volunteers football program here on the Power Hour, we start by saying thank you to our friends at Regal Realty Group. They've been a proud sponsor and supporter of the Tennessee Power Hour now for its inaugural season.
3: Yeah, and I'm pumped that my friends at Regal Realty Group with Hunter Briley and Richard Van Clive. They've jumped on board to be our show sponsor. I've known these guys for years. It's very simple. Uh, Them and their agents at Regal Realty Group. They're good people. They want to work with good people. They want good people in their network. So if you're looking to buy or sell your house, Regal Realty Group will help you from contract to closing and everything in between. Let them do the heavy lifting and make it easy for you. Hit them up at regalrg.com.
2: Chad, let's talk senior day, which was the beatdown of Missouri. And let's start with the senior, Hendon Hooker, who put on a great performance against, as you mentioned, a solid Missouri defense.
3: It's hard to put into words uh, what Hinden Hooker's meant to the transformation of Tennessee football in, in less than two full seasons now under Josh Heupel, but I'm going to try to do it with some stats. First, let's start with his senior day. 25 for 35, 355 yards, three touchdowns, eight carries for 50 yards, and another touchdown. That was a great performance statistically. This is not an outlier. That's more consistent with the type of production we've seen from Hendon Hooker, and he had it once again uh, on senior day. This was a statement I mentioned for Tennessee football to the College Football Playoff Committee on Saturday. This was also a statement from Josh Heupel and Hinden Hooker to the Downtown Athletic Club in New York City that Hinden Hooker has locked his place as a finalist. I don't think there's any doubt uh, that he is going to be in New York City. And they are trying their hardest to give Tennessee their first ever Heisman Trophy winner. And Hinden Hooker's got a great shot, especially after Saturday. Um, Here are some other stats for you, just career-wise, for Hendon Hooker. Since taking over as starter for Tennessee against Tennessee Tech in 2021, he's now thrown for 5,833 yards. He's accounted for 55 passing touchdowns alone to five interceptions. Let me repeat that. 55 to 5 is the ratio. You're not going to find that anywhere else in terms of throwing that much with those few interceptions over two years and that many touchdowns. He's also rushed for over a thousand yards. Spencer Rattler, who we're going to talk about a little bit later, Tennessee's next opponent and quarterback at South Carolina, he's got mobility. He's rushed for eight yards this season when you account <laughs> for four sacks. He's a guy who's going to extend plays and try to throw it down the field. But over a thousand rushing yards with 10 more TDs. That's 65 total TDs for Hinton Hooker. That's in less than two years. Hutton, he is on pace to finish sixth all time in school history in passing yards. In less than two years. The top five are all four year starters. It's going to be nearly impossible to catch Josh Dobbs, but the fact I'm talking about him catching Josh Dobbs at number five all time, Josh Dobbs started four years. Hendon Hooker has started less than two years, and he has an outside chance to get close to Josh Dobbs for fifth all time career passing at the University of Tennessee. He's a lock for New York City. Uh, he got on his senior day, he had a chance to lead the band like Peyton Manning did in Rocky Top afterward. It's all well-earned, well-deserved. Tennessee got the perfect quarterback for this system right out of the gates, and they got the perfect leader for Josh Heupel to to bring Tennessee football back to some relevance. Hendon Hooker has been a godsend for Tennessee football.
2: Tennessee currently leads the country averaging 543 yards per game and 47 points per game. There are at least three games left, maybe four, and... There are some stats this season, Chad, that are just staggering. Consider that the Vols have 32 rushing touchdowns, and we touched on the run game last week. They found another one in Dylan Sampson who emerged.
3: Yeah, it's funny because we had this whole segment a week ago, Hutton, about uh, looking at spots where Tennessee needs to add depth. And coming off that Georgia game, spots that really shine as, man, they're still thin. You know, They're still under the scholarship limit. And one of those spots is running backs. Jabari Small goes down after three carries against Georgia, and Jalen Wright carries the rest of the way. And while those guys are good, solid running backs, I think Jalen Wright has some game-breaking ability. They don't just don't have that game-breaker at running back. The, the likes that you see at Alabama or Georgia, where they're three deep with game-breaking running backs at those spots. Tennessee may have found one, though, in Dylan Sampson. He's earned more carries the rest of the way. Eight carries for 98 yards and a touchdown. He averaged 12.3 yards on Saturday against Missouri – On a day where Jabari Small averaged six yards, that's good, and Jalen Wright averaged 4.6. Not bad against a good rushing defense, but 12.3 is a lot better than six and 4.6 in a yards per carry. Dylan Sampson has earned a spot in that rotation. I don't think he's knocked off Jabari Small or Jalen Wright yet, but that's a guy you want to see more of because Tennessee needs to find that game-breaker at running back, and they may have found one in Dylan Sampson last Saturday. Curious to see how much he's used. Moving forward now as Tennessee gets ready to go to South Carolina and close out the season against Vanderbilt, these are the two games where you want to give him more looks. And I think Josh Heupel is going to do that after what he saw on Saturday. We're discussing Tennessee's
2: win over Missouri on the Tennessee Power Hour, served up by Nelson's Greenbrier, Tennessee Whiskey. What did you make of the decision not to play Cedric Tillman?
3: It was very interesting because Cedric Tillman, who played against Georgia, played a little bit against Kentucky uh, the, the prior two weeks. You start thinking: Is there a setback? Is there? I really don't think there was. I I think this is a business decision by Josh Heupel to protect a guy who's going to be a draft pick uh, in the upcoming NFL draft. You know, sometimes you got to protect players from themselves. I think Josh Heupel looked out on the the cold, wet day and the wet playing surface, and just calculated it and said, "We don't need you today." They felt very good about their plan and beating Missouri easily. They went out and did it without their best receiver in Cedric Tillman. Um, you could argue that now with what Jalen Hyde has done, but Cedric Tillman, he's the go-to guy when he's in the game for Hendon Hooker. He's been that way the last year and a half before he got hurt. So I found it to be an interesting decision in that Josh Tipel almost made a business decision to say, let's sit you out this week with these conditions. We'll get you back the following week against South Carolina. So just something to kind of store away that Tennessee's at a point now where they feel like they can sit their best receiver against an SEC opponent, SEC opponent, that's 13th nationally and third in the conference in total defense and feel like they're still going to be just fine with no real worries. Do you worry about
2: the inability to stop the the quarterback run?
3: Yeah, it's it's an issue for Tennessee. Uh, the, even when they try to put a quarterback spy in, they don't do that enough. But that quarterback spy, linebacker, does not do a good job of taking the proper angle to get the quarterback to the ground and stop a big play. Brady Cook's the latest example. Uh, he's not hes not going to confuse anyone for Lamar Jackson, but he does have some mobility. But he went for 16 carries for 106 yards, including a 40-yard run right before half that set up a field goal as as the half ended. Um, that's even after subtracting two sacks on his day. Uh, Tennessee on the season has been bad against quarterbacks that, that get loose and, and run the football. But that continued again against Brady Cook. Uh, that's something that they, that they need to improve on because they're going to face some more mobile quarterbacks down the stretch. And Chad, we'll, we'll
2: look ahead in a bit, but the impact of the seniors as we look in the rearview mirror on, on this program, you know, Heupel's going to get a ton of hype. But the vast majority of the guys playing and that we saw play for the final time at Nealon, they, uh, they're they a big reason why the Vols are where they are.
3: I want to name all of them by name because uh, it's important what I'm going to say about this, just this group as a whole, not getting into individuals, but Hendon Hooker, Cedric Tillman, Byron Young, Trayvon Flowers on defense, Paxton Brooks, the punter, uh, offensive tackle Darnell Wright, Jeremy Banks at linebacker, Salon Page, the third at linebacker, Jerome Carvin, offensive lineman, Latrell Bumpus defensive end, Princeton Fant, the tight end, who had his first receiving touchdown on Saturday, Michael Bittner, Maurice Smith, Nick Humphrey, Jacob Warren, West Schuler, Grant Furking, Cheyenne Labruza, Toby Wilson, Romello Edwards. Those players, all of them that were honored on Saturday, should hold a special place in the hearts of Tennessee fans because a lot of them had a chance to leave, especially those scholarship guys I listed at at the start. A lot of guys left. They stayed, and that formed a stronger bond because they they stayed with that group of players. They're going to be lifetime friends, and for a lifetime they can appreciate the fact that they stayed when it was was popular to leave and they built Tennessee into something that was relevant again. My hat's off to all of them. Coming up, we...
2: Take a look ahead. A defensive lineup that gives the Vols more speed. The Vols' backup who had more passing yards than the Kentucky starter against Vandy. And teams to worry about most behind the Tennessee Volunteers for the college football playoff. That's all coming up in this hour of the Tennessee Power Hour. Powered by Outkick and served up by Nelson's Greenbrier, Tennessee Whiskey.
1: The Tennessee Power Hour. Hit Chad Withrow's breakdown of this week's big orange matchup.
3: Next. Cheers, up. Cheers, bro. And cheers to brothers Andy and Charlie Nelson. After a chance encounter, they dedicated their lives to resurrecting the family business, Nelson's Greenbrier Distillery. And what they found is that whiskey runs in their blood. Made in Nashville, Tennessee, Greenbrier Tennessee whiskey is a taste of home with a real Nashville story. Head to GreenbrierDistillery.com for cocktail recipes and more info. Greenbrier Tennessee Whiskey and Nelson Brothers Bourbon now available throughout the great state of Tennessee. So ask for it at your favorite store. Get you some Greenbrier. Nelson's Greenbrier reminds you to drink responsibly. Greenbrier Tennessee whiskey, 45.5% alcohol by volume. Don't pay too much for your new Ford. Custom order it from Two Rivers Ford just outside Nashville. Two Rivers Ford is the premier volume Ford dealer in Tennessee. They've been locally owned since 1983, and they sell all their new non-specialty Fords at just 1% over invoice. That's right, 1% over invoice. They treat you right, and you'll always get the best price. I know because my family has been buying from them for years. So call 2Rivers4 today at toll-free
0: 800-900-1000. Hello, Tennessee Power Hour listeners. My name is Hunter Briley and I am with Regal Realty Group. And my name is Richard Van Clive. I'm also with Regal Realty Group. And we are great friends that treat our clients like great friends because that's how we want to be treated. We are also born and raised here in Middle Tennessee and support our local team. And with an economy that's affecting everything except the real estate market, it's important to do business with friends that can tell you what's what. From contract to closing, everything in between, We have you covered. Go to RegalRG.com to get started. And happy football season.
2: Hey, it's Hutton. If you're in need of catering from big events to your weekend family gathering, my friends at Edley's Barbecue have you covered. They've been voted Nashville's best barbecue four years in a row, but I've vouched for their Nashville-style barbecue far longer. From corporate meetings to box lunches to weddings, rehearsal dinners, and holiday gatherings, your neighborhood Edley's Barbecue location is where to turn. Edley's is a tribute to all things Southern and authentic to all things Tennessee. Nashville-style barbecue, Edley's Barbecue.
1: titans news and analysis on the tennessee power hour
2: we're discussing the tennessee volunteers coming up in about 15 minutes the tennessee titans and looking ahead down the backstretch of their regular season we're powered by outkick for the tennessee power hour served up by nelson's Greenbrier tennessee whiskey with chad withrow i'm jonathan hutton chad a defensive lineup that can give the vols more speed Uh, speed to me has been an issue for a couple of seasons now, a few seasons now. But where can they be the fastest, the quickest defensively?
3: Yeah, I think the best example of the lack of speed was on that fourth and one play where Eli Drinkwitz took a shot and they had that little trick play of the tight end. They had two players right there and they run into each other almost in slow motion. The tight end comes back, gets it, and runs easily into the end zone on a fourth and one. That was in the first half. Um, Jalen McCullough is a great leader for this team. He's not fast. He never has been. He's not great at taking angles. He's a he's a big thumper of a safety that likes to come up and play in the box and, and hit people. Uh he's not a speed guy. He's not gonna cover a lot of the ground. Trey Flowers has been a good player for Tennessee too. Same same problem. And these are two um, you know, these are two seniors for this team and guys who are gonna be moving on. Uh, you would think I think McCullough may actually have uh, another year of eligibility if he if he decides to use it. but Tennessee's got to get faster in the secondary. One encouraging sign to me has been Brandon Turnage, uh, the youngster since he came into the Tennessee lineup against Alabama because of injury, he's been a lot faster, a lot more aggressive. he's not laying off the receiver. he's getting uh, he's he's applying pressure on the outside which Tennessee needs. He had two pass breakups, two tackles, missed a couple of interceptions he'd like to have back. Against Missouri, but Turnage puts himself in the right spot because he's fast, because he plays aggressive. Um, I think that that's more of the model of what Tennessee needs moving forward. Turnage is a corner. Uh, I I think when they get Danico Slaughter in its safety or corner, he brings that same mentality in terms of being more physical, playing with a little bit more speed. I thought Slaughter also took a terrible angle on the. on the Luther Burden touchdown to start the, the scoring for Missouri, where it was played well. They had a little eye candy where they motioned him in and then motioned him back out and threw it to him. And Slaughter comes up. he's He's got the assignment. He's got him dead to rights. And he takes a terrible angle, and Burden just goes right around them to the outside and goes and scores a touchdown easily. These are the things Tennessee's got to get better at in the secondary. And Hutton, the other way you get better is recruiting and speed. I think they have a couple guys on the current roster that bring more speed that they need to play more turnage being the classic example, but it's not really an issue that's going to go away until they stack a a few recruiting classes on top of each other and have speed and depth in the secondary that's lacking this year. And that's why we've seen teams uh, burn them through the air multiple times this season. Another player
2: with a year of eligibility and look at nowadays, I have no idea how to keep up with this on the extra year and Joe Milton I mean, whenever he transferred from Michigan, I thought it was one year, right, and done. That was because many thought of him as a NFL prospect. Um, Turns out he's going to stick around three years if he wants to, and for good reason, based on his performance against Missouri. And it also turns out, Chad, if you look at the stat sheet, he ends up with more passing yards than Will Levis had against the Vanderbilt Commodores on Saturday.
3: Which is an incredible stat that that you dug up also with, with that comparison, uh, I am with you. I don't even look at the class anymore of these guys. Like, you, just tell me mathematically how many years they have left of eligibility. I mean, sophomore, junior means nothing anymore, right? right because of yeah. that COVID year and because of red shirts, because of medical red shirts and everything else. Just tell me how many years they have left to play. Let's just have a a, a clock that goes down. Four, hey. three, two, five, four, three, two, whatever it is. That's what I need to know.
2: All, all we know, for for all I know, Grant Firkin's coming back for a third senior year next year. You know he I may mean? be
3: honored on Senior Day for a third time, walking <laughs> through the tea with his family. I hope Grant so. Furking, our buddy, could be the first ever. He's going to go down in the history books of Vol football lore for being the only player to be honored three times. I love it on three different Senior Days if he comes back. <laughs> hey, I, I would do the same thing if I were him. I'd try to go for a fourth Senior Day if I were Grant Furking. He may be a doctor by the time he's done walking hey, through that tea with his family,
2: and he was on the field for that final Milton drive. I I, I was yeah. very encouraged with what I saw from him coming off the bench, he he lit Missouri up and I get it. It's late in the game or whatever, but man, that guy's got a cannon.
3: So, um, and joking aside about the, the years and everything, I want to also say Jalen McCullough is done at Tennessee. I believe he wasn't honored because of the, I believe, because of the legal issues going okay. on with him. So I think that his eligibility is expired. But again, Hotton, I may be reminded after this and people hear this, yeah. that, oh, he actually has this hidden year that we didn't know about because of some technicality where he could come back. But I think that he's playing his final games for Tennessee as well. Joe Milton will have a year next year as the starter, even with Nico Iamalaba coming in, the highly touted five-star quarterback out of California. It's going to be Joe Milton's job. And you see why, once again... The man's talent is tantalizing. Uh, Rick Neuheisel was very excited, uh, maybe a little too excited on that pass to Squirrel White where he uncorks one that's 60 yards in the air. It feels like it takes an eternity for that ball to come down when he just throws it up in the air that long. I mean, an incredible arm talent. Uh, He can run the ball too. He had one carry for 11 yards in a first down, and it was just a straight option to the right. Very old-school Nebraska-like option play where he kept it and got 11 yards. He was 3-for-3 for for 105 yards and a touchdown. Hudden, you had that comparison about Joe Milton having more yards than Will Levis did against Vanderbilt. By the way, a Vanderbilt defense, that's 130th out of 131 in FBS against the pass, and that's what he was able to muster passing the ball against Vanderbilt. Uh, Joe Milton actually had a higher QBR than Hendon Hooker in this game, (laughs) finishing 3-for-3 for for 105 (laughs) yards and a TD. A QBR over 100. Look, the guy's incredibly talented. I think the issue with Joe Milton, uh, it it was this way a year ago, two things. Processing the right read quickly and running that offense the way Josh Heupel wants to run it. I think he can run it with speed. I think that then the speed of recognizing exactly what your read is is the next thing he's going to have to master to run this offense the way that Josh Heupel wants to run it. And I think the second part of it is, and something I believe he's improved on, is touch. You know, Joe Milton's arm is great, but he's got one speed typically. He is throwing at 100 miles per hour even when he needs to put a little bit more touch on it. I think we're seeing a little bit more touch from Joe Milton at times instead of just uncorking a fastball when it doesn't have to be there. And he has that fastball if he needs it. There's no doubt about that. But those are two parts of his game I think that are improving. You got a little sneak peek of what's to come next year. He's going to have some highlight reel throws when he's the starter. There is no doubt about that in this offense. He's going to have a chance at a lot of big plays because Tennessee is going to throw it deep a lot. So he's going to have a chance to show off that talent a year from now. Uh, but, man, that was that was an exciting little sneak peek Vols fans got on Saturday when he came into that game and ha- had the touchdown pass to Ramel Keaton and then the bomb to Squirrel White. Where Squirrel White should have scored on it. He just kind of fell yeah. down. I think he was shocked that the ball got to him and that he caught it. It was so far in the air and sort of fell down at the one-yard line. Chad,
2: let's discuss, let's look ahead a bit. Um, Of course, South Carolina this week for the Vols. And I know there are a couple of things they've got to keep an eye on in this matchup. But there's also teams to keep an eye on for the college football playoff behind the Vols currently. Who do you notice first and foremost?
3: So Tennessee right now has a great chance at making the college football playoff if they win out. They have to take care of business, obviously. We could say that every week. First and foremost, beat South Carolina, beat Vandy. The doomsday scenario for Tennessee to not be in the playoff is undefeated TCU is one of them. If TCU goes on, wins out, wins the Big 12, they're going to be in over Tennessee. They're currently ahead of Tennessee. That's not going to change if they keep winning. That combined with a one-loss USC beating Oregon in a Pac-12 championship game would probably keep Tennessee out. And I'm being realistic here. I understand that you can make arguments for a one-loss Tennessee having a better resume than Oregon or sorry than USC, or a one-loss Tennessee quite frankly having a better resume than TCU. I'm just telling you what I believe the College Football Playoff committee will do. They'll take the team who won their conference championship game with one loss over Tennessee. So, that's unlikely to happen. It could happen, but it it, it certainly seems like the way things are trending with those two Pac-12 losses this past weekend, one of those two teams will lose a game or two down the stretch, and that'll take care of itself. But those are two teams to watch. The real wild card here, there's a couple. LSU beating Georgia and having two losses as an SEC champion. I don't think it's a very good argument to make to say they belong in over Tennessee because Tennessee beat them by 27 in Baton Rouge and has one less loss. And oh, by the way, if we didn't have divisions, if we played this thing like the Pac-12 or the Big 12, he would be Georgia Tennessee in a match in the SEC championship. They would finish ahead of LSU, so they would benefit from their division more than anything else. I don't think that's going to happen. North Carolina Clemson with one loss as a champion, that's one to watch out for, Hutton, but you brought this up on OutKick360 with us this week. That's a big jump to make where those two teams are in the playoff ranking right now, so I don't see that happening. So TCU-USC are really the two biggest threats for Tennessee.
2: And two things to keep an eye on against South Carolina would be What?
3: I'll keep this quick because this game is way more about Tennessee just executing and doing what they've done all year, and they should win easily in this one. South Carolina's looked bad recently, especially on offense. Quarterback scrambles, though. They're bad containing the quarterback. Don't let uh, Spencer Rattler, who's not run for a lot of yards this year, don't let him get loose. He's going to want to scramble more like a Bryce Young, keep his eyes downfield and throw it. Uh, The other two guys are Jaheim Bell and Austin Stogner, two really talented tight ends. And uh, that those are players that Shane Beamer wants to use. The other one is the trick play on special teams, Beamer ball. They scored one touchdown against Florida. It was a 48-yard pass from Kai Kroger, their punter, on a fake punt with a guy wide open. So this is a punt-safe type game. You know that Beamer's breakout the stop and run every trick play that he has to try to stay with Tennessee and pull off the upset to get that signature win this year that they're really lacking right now at South Carolina. So watch out for every possible trick on extra points, on field goal, on punt, because you know that Beamer's going to pull out everything.
2: Tennessee and Missouri this Saturday, and when we come back, we discuss the Tennessee Titans, who this past Sunday took down the Denver Broncos, and we'll look ahead down the backstretch of their season. This is the Tennessee Power Hour. We are powered by Outkick, and you can find the podcast at outkick.com, and we're served up by Nelson's Greenbrier Tennessee Whiskey. Hang with
1: us. From Knoxville to Nashville. Titans news and analysis on the Tennessee Power Hour. Cheers, Hunt. Cheers, Withrow. And
3: cheers to brothers Andy and Charlie Nelson. After a chance encounter, they dedicated their lives to resurrecting the family business, Nelson's Greenbrier Distillery. And what they found is that whiskey
2: runs in their blood. Made in Nashville, Tennessee, Greenbrier Tennessee whiskey is a taste of home with a real
3: Nashville story head to greenbriardistillery.com for cocktail recipes and more info Greenbrier tennessee whiskey and nelson brothers bourbon now available throughout the great state of tennessee so ask for it at your favorite store get, get you some Greenbrier. Greenbrier. nelson's Greenbrier reminds you to drink responsibly Greenbrier tennessee whiskey 45.5 percent alcohol by volume don't pay too much for your new ford custom order it from two rivers ford just outside nashville two rivers ford is the premier volume four dealer in tennessee They've been locally owned since 1983, and they sell all their new non-specialty Fords at just 1% over invoice. That's right, 1% over invoice. They treat you right, and you'll always get the best price. I know because my family has been buying from them for years. So call Two Rivers Four today at toll free 800-900-1000.
0: Hello, Tennessee Power Hour listeners. My name is Hunter Brawley and I am with Regal Realty Group. And my name is Richard Van Clive. I'm also with Regal Realty Group. And we are great friends that treat our clients like great friends because that's how we want to be treated. We are also born and raised here in Middle Tennessee and support our local team. And with an economy that's affecting everything except the real estate market, it's important to do business with friends that can tell you you, what's what? From contract to closing, everything in between, we have you covered. Go to regalrg.com to get started. And, and happy football, football season! season. Hey, it's Hutton. Get prepared
2: for your next tailgate with my friends at Edley's Barbecue. You've got options: wings and 25 or 50 count platters, smoked pulled pork, the best brisket, tender turkey, and scratch-made sides, family style. Edley's is perfect on game day or for take home. Edley's Barbecue smokes all meats low and slow, and all sides are classic family recipes, fresh every day. Edley's is a tribute to all things Southern and authentic to all things Tennessee, Nashville-style barbecue. Edley's Barbecue. Order at Edley's. BBQ.com.
1: This is the Tennessee Power Hour with Jonathan Hutton and Chad Withrow. It's the Tennessee Power Hour,
3: powered by Outkick, served up by Nelson's Greenbrier Tennessee Whiskey. Enjoy responsibly, 45.5% alcohol by volume. I enjoyed some of that Tennessee whiskey. Over a very successful Tennessee weekend, the Vols rolling sixty-six twenty-four 24 over Missouri. And the Titans Hutton once again getting the job done in an ugly fashion. (laughs) But dare I say that there's no such thing as an ugly win in the NFL. However you can get it done, get the job done, and the Titans prove once again they are a team with all their flaws and how unattractive their style of play can be at times. They're getting the job done, and here they are now at 6-3 and after another hard-fought, ugly win over the Denver Broncos.
2: You know how, Chad, we, uh, one of my, my pet peeves is whenever uh, someone will come back a week later or something on something we would say or predict or a season later and say, you guys got it wrong because, you know, Aaron Rodgers got hurt and the Packers sucked and you thought they were going to be great, as an example. Well, it goes without saying, injuries always play a factor. We shouldn't have to say that. If a guy stays healthy, this will happen. Um, The caveat with the Titans, I think we already know it's going to be a tight window ball game in the fourth quarter because their defense and special teams are very good. Their offense struggles, and it's always going to be a low scoring, tight, physical matchup. Same goes with the Denver Broncos, and that's what we saw. And that's why we predicted that to happen this past week in, in episode uh, 11. Now here at episode 12 and we start looking ahead down the backstreet of the season, we can go ahead and say 13, 14, 15, all the way through. It'll probably be more of the same.
3: Yeah. We can put this thing on repeat. We're, we're going to, what we're going to try to do here at Tennessee power hour is not say the same thing over know, and over again. It's really Every hard. This week. <laughs> A lot of shows are going to do that and just regurgitate the same things over and over. We're not going to do that here on the Tennessee power hour. Uh, But what we will do is put an emphasis on the things that you can expect to see routinely. And this is certainly something you can expect to see. You can expect to see great service from Two Rivers Ford whenever you go. Check out my friends at Two Rivers Ford. Don't pay too much for your new Ford. Custom order from Two Rivers Ford just outside of Nashville in Mount Juliet. Two Rivers Ford is the premier volume Ford dealer in Tennessee. They've been locally owned since 1983. They sell all their new non-specialty Fords at just over 1% over invoice, they treat you right. They're going to give you the best price. I know because my family's been buying from them for years. We just bought recently, in fact. So call 2 Rivers for today at toll-free, 800-900-1000. That's 800 Talking Titans here, Hutton. First 27 minutes of the game was not good. That is something different with this team. Normally, it's yeah. the first half of the game where they're effective, and then they do nothing in the second half. But this was different. first twenty seven minutes bad. Then the Titans turned it around. How did the offense turn it around?
2: Well, th- th- you mentioned the bad play. I mean, they had th- their first six possessions gained just fifty one yards on twenty two plays. And then uh, and, and only two first downs on those twenty two plays. And then after that, 38 plays for 256 yards, and that even includes the the final possession nil down. It, no, it, it wasn't amazing by any standard in the second half, but it was so much more than what we've seen from this team in the second half, that if they weren't dead last in second half offense, and I believe they were going into that game, they were 31st at, at best. I mean, it was it's been really bad over the third and fourth quarters. Um, Sunday that the Titans gained 191 yards in the second half that's a season high for them they scored 10 points which is also a season high that that ties their season high they threw for 155 yards in the second half that's a season high for this offense and Chad I don't think we we can sing the praises enough for Ryan Tannehill who had a, a very poor start? He started three of ten, and then finished sixteen of twenty-six in the game, and that's why they were able to come back down ten. It the, the Broncos were very stout up front. They they could they legitimately at times were stopping Henry with five players. That's unheard of based on the boxes that we see. And they were. And it was one the guy too.
3: tackling him hard at times too. Hot. Huh? Yeah, that, I mean, that surprised they, they're, they're me. You don't normally good. see that.
2: Very good on defense, and and keep in mind the Broncos. If they scored eighteen points in every single game this year, eighteen points, they'd be eight and one right now. That's how good their defense is. And uh, Tannehill was very good. Nick westbrook akine who we'll get to. There, there were factors in that matchup that were able to produce in areas we have not seen great production. And it starts with the passing game in the second half.
3: Yeah, and the Tannehill factor was huge in this game. Obviously, having him and, and Malik Willis not playing uh, was a big part of this game and some of the success for the Titans. And on that success was on display with that 13-play, 75-yard drive before halftime. I really thought that sequence – was indicative of just how big Ryan Tannehill coming back was for this offense, and it was capped off by a, a brilliant pass and a great catch and to keep two feet in bounds by Nick Westbrook-Akina.
2: So the the second touchdown to Akine was a great call by Todd Downing. The first one was a great play by Ryan Tannehill. That's the Tannehill factor in that game. That Malik Willis. While against Kansas City, I thought he put the ball on the money when he was asked to throw. Tannehill made that throw on a drive where they could they could settle for three, but Randy Bullock was banged up. He hurt himself in warm-ups. That was, that was a possession where they had to go get seven. Ten to seven there going into the halftime break was massive for the Titans, and that was Tannehill moving the ball down the field. And keep in mind, he was asked to throw 36 times in this game. That's a season high for him this year. 36 pass attempts. He threw two touchdown passes. Big plays. 63 yards to Westbrook Akine. Chigakonkwo got involved. They need to find more options for him moving forward. 41 yards to him. The 63-yard touchdown. The longest play of the entire season. And they hit it against a very good defense and a stout secondary with receivers that have no business being number one options in an NFL offense. And it it was Tannehill being able to play. Clearly the ankle still bothers him, but he just gives a different momentum, even though it's not great. I'm not sitting here saying like, oh, this is the 2020 offense. It's not, but that's why they won the game. It's because Tannehill played.
3: And and Nick Westbrook, a You know, we we have fun with his quotes about no one was talking about the receivers until now because we all know that's been the talk since they traded away AJ Brown was the lack of receiving options. But it's impossible to blame Nick Westbrook-Akeine for being in a spot where he really shouldn't have to be in that spot, right? Being relied upon as much as he is for the Titans, and full credit to him in this game. It was a great performance, over 100 yards receiving. The two touchdowns, he was big for this Titans team on Sunday, so I applaud him for his performance. Is it something we could see more of this season, Hutton, or does this feel more like a blip on the radar, outlier-type game for Westbrook Akine?
2: Um, I think we could see more of it from individual players that have a game like that. Westbrook Akine is a role-player player that when he was called upon here, I mean, he ends up with five catches in the game, two of them scoring plays. So uh, again, he was excellent in, in week 10, five catches, the longest pass play of the entire season was one of those. And it five catches is remarkable when you consider that against Kansas city, zero catches from wide receivers the week before that against Houston, six total catches by wide receivers, The week prior to that, seven total catches by wide receivers, and Westbrook Akine had five alone against Denver. The wide receivers have been nonexistent, and Westbrook Akine was a factor. And also, just keep in mind, this was the first 100-yard performance by a wideout in the Titans' offense since A.J. Brown had that monster game against San Francisco in Thursday Night Football last December. It's been a while. It's the first Titans wide receiver with two touchdowns in a game, since A.J. Brown in 2020, and before that, it was Rashard Matthews back in 2016. So when you put it all in perspective, what he did was he he became a, a great option in an offense that is begging for playmakers to step up, not in qual- quantity of catches, but quality, moments. Westbrook Akine provided the moments against the Broncos.
3: That flea flicker was a huge moment in the game and a great call from Todd Downing and his staff, and, and it worked. Some other questions around Todd Downing. We'll get into that more in the next segment when we talk about where this team has been, the problems with this team, but also where, where they can go because a hey, 6-3 and in and full control of the AFC South is not a problem, and that's where the Titans find themselves now as we start to turn the page towards late November with this team. The bottom line is it's a team that finds new ways to adapt, finds guys to step up and win games, and that's certainly not a bad thing. So when we come back, we'll talk about how they've done that, how they can continue to do that, and how they can tweak some things to be better on offense. That's coming up. This is the Tennessee Power Hour, powered by Outkick, served up by Nelson's Greenbrier, Tennessee
1: Whiskey from Knoxville to Nashville, Titans news and analysis on the Tennessee Power Hour. Cheers
3: Hunt. Cheers bro! And cheers to brothers Andy and Charlie Nelson. After a chance encounter, they dedicated their lives to resurrecting the family business, Nelson's Greenbrier Distillery. And what they found is that whiskey runs in their blood. Made in Nashville, Tennessee, Greenbrier Tennessee whiskey is a taste of home with a real Nashville story. Head to GreenbrierDistillery.com for cocktail recipes and more info. Greenbrier Tennessee Whiskey and Nelson Brothers Bourbon now available throughout the great state of Tennessee. So ask for it at your favorite store. Get, Get you some Greenbrier. Greenbrier. Nelson's Greenbrier reminds you to drink responsibly. Greenbrier Tennessee Whiskey, 45.5% alcohol by volume. Don't pay too much for your new Ford. Custom order it from Two Rivers Ford just outside Nashville. Two Rivers Ford is the premier volume four dealer in Tennessee. They've been locally owned since 1983 and they sell all their new non-specialty Fords at just 1% over invoice. That's right, 1% over invoice. They treat you right and you'll always get the best price. I know because my family has been buying from them for years. So call 2Rivers4 today at toll-free 800-900-1000. Hey, it's
2: Hutton. Get prepared for your next tailgate with my friends at Edley's Barbecue. You've got options. Wings and 25 or 50-count platters, smoked pulled pork, the best brisket, tender turkey, and scratch-made sides family style. Edley's is perfect on game day or for take-home. Edley's Barbecue smokes all meats low and slow, and all sides are classic family recipes, fresh every day. Edley's is a tribute to all things Southern and authentic to all All things Tennessee. Nashville style barbecue, Edley's barbecue. Order at edley'sbbq.com.
0: Hello, Tennessee Power Hour listeners. My name is Hunter Briley, and I am with Regal Realty Group. And my name is Richard Van Clive. I'm also with Regal Realty Group. And we are great friends that treat our clients like great friends. Because that's how we want to be treated. We are also born and raised here in Middle Tennessee and support our local team. And with an economy that's affecting everything except the real estate market, it's important to do business with friends that can tell you what's what. From contract to closing, everything in between, we have you covered. Go to regalrg.com to get started. And happy football
1: season. is the Tennessee Power Hour with Jonathan Hutton and Chad Withrow. We
3: are back. The Tennessee Power Hour, powered by Outkick and served up by Nelson's Greenbrier Tennessee Whiskey. Enjoy responsibly 45.5% alcohol by volume. The weather is turning cold. Some Tennessee whiskey sounds awfully good to warm up those nights. You can get that with Nelson's Greenbrier Tennessee Whiskey. And when the weather gets cold, nothing like a great hot meal to help compliment that tennis whiskey. And you can get that with Edley's Barbecue Hutton. I'm already getting hungry just thinking about what you're going to tell me about Edley's Barbecue.
2: Chad, you know exactly how great Edley's is. We we had a client event earlier this week with Outkick 360 where Edley's <laughs> catered. Delicious as always. And catering, they've got you covered on this because Thanksgiving's around the corner. And while you may not want your entire meal catered, you can certainly get that from at you can get sides to go family style and they'll take care of you for Thanksgiving or on the go or for your tailgate, whatever your need. My friends at Edley's barbecue, they've got you. They, they've been voted voted Nashville's best barbecue four years in a row. And I vouch for their Nashville style barbecue. And I've done that for far longer than four years in a row now. But from corporate meetings to box lunches to weddings, rehearsal dinners, holiday gatherings, big or small, your neighborhood Edley's Barbecue location across the state from Chattanooga to Nashville and beyond, they have you covered a tribute to all things Southern, authentic to all things Tennessee, Edley's Barbecue, Nashville-style barbecue. Order at edleysbbq.com.
3: We like to think of ourselves as a tribute to all things Southern as well uh, here on this show, and that's what Edley's is. Uh, This Titans defense, Hutton, as we get back to talking about where this team has been and where they can go, they've been a tribute to this organization this year. Fantastic season. High hopes coming into it. Could have been derailed by a lot of injuries to key guys so far along the way, but they continue to plug and play and produce. Week after week, it's a defense that's carrying this team, Hutton. Um, Can that continue throughout the rest of the season?
2: Yes. Chad, uh, it was either the first or second episode of the Tennessee Power Hour where you asked me the question about expectations and where the Titans' defense can be. And I said they can be first or second in the league. And then Harold Landry got hurt. And then we had a discussion about where they could end up. And I still thought then they were a top-10 defense. Turns out they're elite Without Harold Landry, which is remarkable considering the injuries that they've had. Remarkable considering against Denver, they were without Jeffrey Simmons, Bud Dupree, Harold Landry, Christian Fulton. The list continues. And then they went down David Long Jr. in the second half, too. Um, 10 points allowed against the Broncos, spotting them 10 in the first half, second half points, zero goose egg. In the second half, they've allowed 39 second half points going into week 11 of the NFL season. That That's remarkable. They held Denver to f- just over four yards per play. They allow just 65 rushing yards. In fact, they have the top rush defense in the NFL. They are excellent in that area. And then they had six sacks, which in the regular season, you have to go back a ways Um, to 2017 against the Arizona Cardinals to where the Titans had six or more sacks in a game. Now, of course, in the playoffs against Cincinnati, they had nine, could have had 11. But point being, they've got role players that routinely step up and make plays, not every single snap, but when it matters on a snap. And they get the most out of those spot players To where you're confident week in and week out that that group is going to show up and that group is carrying this team. Some other aspects as well, but defensively, they're elite and as long as you keep winning this way, it's hard to really argue and they should not apologize for it because that's their style and they play it very well
3: it's a group that it's it's rare in football that your fans should get way more excited to see the defense on the field <laughs> in terms of uh, uh in terms of something that's appealing to the eye, right? Uh, you yeah. want your offense on the field; that's the point to score points and to win the football game. But I get legitimately excited when I see guys like David Long Jr. and the way he's playing. Uh, when you see Jeffrey Simmons when he's healthy and playing. When you see Kevin Byard. When you see the emergence of Christian Fulton and some other guys on this defense, it's a group that's exciting to watch when they're on the field. And that's a testament to Mike Vrabel and Shane Bowen and that defensive staff, what they've done with this group. You're right, Hutton. You said in the preseason, it is an elite group in the NFL.
2: And I mean, consider like from from the Buffalo game, so from week three to week 10, after week 10, this Titans team, Allowed the fewest points in the NFL, like 15.1. It was 15 point something, 15 points. Denver did not reach the red zone in that game. They, they, possession in, possession out, they'll give up yards. They're not giving up points. And that's, that's a testament to that they're extremely well coached on that side of the football. And, There is a mentality and a grit to that group where it is next man up. I think that is a culture deal where they're they're getting guys that fit that mold so well when it comes to the defensive side of the football. They know exactly the type of player and structure they want in that skill set, and they're very good at that. Plus, I think they develop players very well to fit a niche and, and make sure they maximize the talents that those dudes have.
3: Hutton's special teams has been a bit of a punchline at times for this Titans team. It's much improved this season. What have you seen from that unit?
2: Well, let's start with Ryan Stonehouse. He is a weapon, and you know this. This does feel like circa 2003 or 2004 a bit because we're we're going back to defense and punting, right? But Stonehouse
3: during this first... would be so proud, by the way, yeah, of I this style of yeah. play. Just a fill position game. Grinded yes. it
2: out type game. I can see the smirk on Fisher's face right now. But, <laughs> I mean, Stonehouse in the first half pinned Denver inside the 10 three times. That's that's huge because Denver still had a 10-0 lead despite all that at one point in the first half. So the, the field position game plays into the defensive stats. So if you're going to look at the defense and say they're elite, Keep in mind where the average starting field position has been. And Stonehouse, man, three punts inside the 20, uh, 55 yards per punt is what he averaged. He flipped the field the entire game. And he now has punted 51 times this season through week 10, second most in the NFL, second most punts. And he's averaging 53 yards per punt gross. That is best in the league. So phenomenal season. I I think that legitimately, I think he can be an all pro. That's how good he's been. He's like Jack Conklin good, but like Jack Conklin, because he's playing right tackle, no one's talking about him in his rookie year. He's been awesome. And what a move to move to him off of Brett Kern, who was among the best we've ever seen at that position, uh, given the, the Titans history and, you know, Craig Hendrick, Kern, now Stonehouse, who, I mean, you, you look at the way he's kicking it, There's a, it's a no-brainer. Brett Kern would tell you that. Um, in fact, he he joked about it on social media this past week, where he's like, um, he responded to someone that said, man, this is incredible, watching him punt. He's like, yeah, that's why everyone's watching me on the driving range this year, <laughs> because Ryan Stonehouse is crushing the football. Kick coverage, that's been really good. There's been a couple of fumbles uh, that, you know, we can certainly nitpick, and we will if it happens again, for sure. But kick coverage and and the punting game, excellent. And that's hats off to, again, the coaching staff and for having the foresight to make the move at punter during during training camp, which was, I mean, at the time, it was a risk.
3: In the next six weeks, it's about positioning now for this Titans team when you look at their playoff prospects. What do you see ahead of schedule?
2: Well, it is about positioning. And you've got a race in the, NF, in the AFC East – with the Patriots in the rear, but also three teams with Miami, New York, and Buffalo. Buffalo now sitting at six and three. Just keep in mind right now, if the playoffs started today, and again, they don't, the Buffalo Bills would be the sixth seed in the AFC, and the Titans would host them in the first round of the NFL playoffs based on the Titans being the three and the Bills being the six. It is about positioning because – they need to make sure that they continue to hold on to one of those top two spots. Um, And I think they can. As crazy as it sounds, over the backstretch of the season, the Titans have a couple more AFC South matchups. Um, They they have a a favorable schedule in December where you look ahead to what Buffalo has. Buffalo's 0-2 in their division. Miami's playing very well. Not sure about the Jets, but they can – Certainly, they're proving a lot of doubters wrong after starting slow. Point being, I think that division starts to beat up on each other. And as long as the Titans continue this slow progress offensively, I think they'll be able to keep up in the standings as well. It feels a lot like last year, and it's the war of attrition. The Titans, that's the unpredictable part. The injuries will always play a factor. And the Titans are in great position right now based on their division.
3: A fun and fast-paced Tennessee Power Hour, powered by Outkick and served up by Nelson's Greenbrier Tennessee Whiskey. Another one is in the books, but we'll be right back next week. As always, powered by Outkick, served up by Nelson's Greenbrier Tennessee Whiskey. This is the Tennessee Power Hour.